The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Once again, I want to say welcome back 22 minutes after the hour of 3 o'clock. Uh, welcome back to Freedom 106.5 FM. And we're going to be talking about mental health through fitness. And, of course, to chat with me this afternoon is uh, Franz Jellizo, is the manager of Raw Fitness Health Clubs in Gasparilla Mall and Brentwood Plaza. And he's been doing this for just approximately 15 years. Now, what is the most um, prominent thing for me is his experience in the fitness industry as a personal trainer, strength um coach and gym manager he also is a third degree black belt in itf itf taekwondo i know it's taekwondo or the itf as well yeah may i say itf is international. let's raise it mike let's raise it up yeah let's raise it right so you can sit up a little bit international taekwondo federation mm-mm, mm-mm. now they see why this can't judge with body cover boy I learned that a long time ago, you know, by watching somebody else get full up. There was this short guy that was working with us uh, in a past company I was working in, and he fell out with one of our colleagues, but he came in new. And a senior, one of the seniors, and say he followed to them. And the fellow thought he could uh, you know, himself. yeah, because, you know, yeah, short man deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell so you. <laughs> and, and short man didn't deal with it in an aggressive manner, you know, Francis. He was just like, he just pat he him just down. Dealt with it. Yeah, and just rest it down. That's it was fine. not overkill, it was less like, I'm more of the fence. Mm-hmm. But using things to kind of defuse the situation. Right. To show you, hey, stop. You think again, idea, stop. It wasn't to say, well, it was constant attacks. No, it was just responding to an attack on him and patting the situation well, down. That's, that's the appropriate response. Yeah, that's what and happened. It was not, it was not. And I mean, of course, as I mentioned, he's a third degree black belt, a public speaker, a husband, and a father. But this is the part that interests me the most. He's um, a survivor of a suicide attempt, and he's passionate and ad- uh, about advocating for men's health, but especially as it affects men and their families, especially in West Indian men. We are groomed uh, as a culture to believe that our sons should not cry. Mm-hmm. Our boys should not express how they feel. You know, you're a boy. You're not a girl. Get up and does that off. Stop crying. What you're crying for? I myself have, have found myself being guilty of that with, with, with my elder son, my elder son, you know, and not being cognizant or had to pull back a little bit and recognize he has feelings too. He's a human being and he's entitled. So Franz Jellizo, welcome to Freedom 106.5 FM. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I'm always glad to be on the air. Let's talk about mental health as, as, it, as it relates to, to, to us as humans. Now, first of all, we must identify what it is. All right, and according to WHO, which is the World Health Organization, mental fitness, a mental health fitness uh, in a person means they have the ability to make cognitive decisions under stressful conditions. Mm-hmm. All right, that is in a nutshell. You are able to make a, a rational decision, not allowing emotions to interfere with your decision making under stressful circumstances, stressful conditions. Right, that can show that a person is in a mental fit state of mind. All right, so with your experience in the mental fitness, you know, I would allow you to talk about um, the type of persons you were as a youth before um, you were 
sociable? Were you an, an introvert? Let's talk a little bit about you as we, see, we we can see the if we can figure out a parallel to maybe how you grew up and what happened with you to how men in Trinidad will react to circumstances. Well, I mean, I grew up under these the similar circumstances mm-hmm. that you just mentioned. You right. Know, big boys don't cry. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that's obviously not just a West Indian thing. You see it in American media all the time. But I do find that West Indian culture mm-hmm. to this day, I mean, the Americans, the Europeans have sort of come around to the idea that men can express themselves and boys can cry and, you know, show a little empathy. Mm-hmm. But I find regionally we are about 20 years behind the curve. On we are. That. We are. So, I mean, growing up, like I said, boys don't cry kind of thing. I was very shy, very introverted. I did not have a lot of self-esteem, self-assurance, primarily because I was not allowed to express myself mm. in that, that same kind of way. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you, you feel like nobody understands. If you try to express yourself, you get shut down. Yeah. So why bother expressing yourself? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I bottled a lot of things up and... The science these days will tell you, you bottle it up, it's it's going to come out. It's bound to explode. Bound mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And eventually it did. I got, ex- I expressed a lot of rage in my teenage years. I was a very angry kid. And a lot of that was self-loathing. I've come to realize through much introspection. Mm-hmm. But it has to go somewhere. And so I lashed out a lot. Never lashed out at people. Um... But my thing was inanimate objects. Hit doors and throw things and break chairs and I was a pain. Wow. Wow. You know, let's talk a little bit about the importance of allowing boys, young men and grown-ups as men to express that feeling of empathy, um, to cry, to show their emotions. Can you share a little insight as to the importance of that? Because even in relationships, women tend to look at men from my perspective and the way i would have observed things over the years is that if a man cries he's a little boy so to speak and i just breaking it down Mm -hmm. as fine as i could yeah a little boy you're not a big man you know and the women girls young ladies in relationships marriages as well they don't they see that as a sign of weakness what are your thoughts well, that would depend entirely on who you were in a relationship with. So I was actually thinking about that mm-hmm. um, coming in here today because I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who said exactly that. So when he breaks down to his wife, now this is someone who, like me, has struggled with suicidal ideation, etc. Yeah. And he says when he breaks down to his wife, she then uses that against him yes. later on. Yes. And ladies, gentlemen, if your romantic partner is doing that to you, they are borderline abusing you. Yes. So part of being able to express yourself, if expressing yourself is crying, you need a safe space to do it. My own wife, when I, I assume we'll get here in the conversation, when I broke down a few years ago, I cried for almost an hour. And Mm -hmm. there was no judgment. There was no what kind of big man is crying like this mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. snapped and yeah. i bawled and you make my pause raise because that touched me because i lived it mm. i lived that and it's the first time i can admit it on public radio i experienced something in my life that i would not wish it on my worst enemy i wouldn't wish it on anyone Absolutely. and 
people like to think that when a person has suicidal thoughts, a man, you know, he's breaking down, they tend to think that he's looking for attention. Mm-hmm. That is a, yeah, yeah, he's just looking for attention. And they don't recognize the severity of not helping that person at that point in, in time. In that moment. In right. that moment. Mm-hmm. It's only if the person is successful in carrying out the attempt to lo- uh, with taking their life, only then it's like everybody gets a, an awakening. And that's too late. It is too late. The, um, the common refrain is if only I'd known. But when they see it happening, and this is not everybody, when uh, some people see it happening, they will say exactly that. He's looking for attention. Or, or look at him, he vex again. Or he don't like this again. And people tend to expect eventually based on you constantly coming out of it because i mean you have to get yourself out of it eventually with help without help they kind of well well there he goes again and they don't a lot of people don't recognize the signs but there is this stigma of attention seeking behavior mm-hmm. and as someone that has attempted suicide and still lives with ideation the last thing i want is attention i don't want anybody to know what I'm thinking, what I'm going through. I don't want attention. I want you to go on living your life and leave me to, oh, to catch myself. my God. I am so... That is, what, that is what it is. The biggest misconception about this thought is that they're looking for... That's the last thing, you know? No, we don't want attention. You don't want that attention, you know? It comes out naturally where your behavior will, will demonstrate. It will permeate. You will see it. But it's not like you want it to know. Yeah, the behavior will attract attention, but that does not mean that, that the intention is to attract attention. Because try to get at that person. Oftentimes, they say, leave me alone. Yeah, leave me alone. Just leave me, I do, please. I don't want help, which I, is another problem. But they, they don't want help. Even if they need help, they don't want to be a burden. They don't want people to see what they're going through. They don't want to appear weak to people. The last thing they want is attention. They do, and people don't get that, you know. People don't get that. I am so happy to be sitting uh, in front of you this afternoon discussing this me- this mental health issue. And, of course, we're going to talk about it through fitness, how one can, you know, use exercising and different things to feel better. You hear women say, when I'm gymming, my, my libido is up. I feel more energized. So you, you recognize what the body needs. Mm-hmm. All right? You recognize that your mind needs to be trained into something, di- into a different direction. But when it comes down to these uh, suicidal attempts or thoughts, it's only you and an evil spirit in your ear because God ain't going to tell you to do that. It had to be, that, 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 that wicked force is seeing this and capitalizing on it. Yeah, go ahead, boy. That is one way out. You ain't got to worry about nothing again. And you hear those things. And if you do not snap out of somebody, don't get to you in time that really understands. They always will tell you, what, what you now say? If I did only know, boy. But you did know. You saw it. It was right there. Sometimes people don't recognize it even when it's in their face because fortunately, most people don't experience these kinds of things themselves. So it's, it's really only people that have ever been in that much pain or in that position can recognize it in others and then help out. It really takes a slap in the face for most people because most people can't conceive 
of ending their own life. It is the most foreign idea, as it should be. Mm-hmm. It's unnatural mm-hmm. to want to. It's to unnatural. Want, yeah. To try yeah. to die is unnatural. Yes. The the species was not made that way. No. No species is made that way. Exactly. And so most people have no idea what the signs are. Thankfully, now, I mean, even the Ministry of Health has uh, an entire page for suicide and information around suicide. But only in my experience, it takes a, a slap in the face of an onlooker to realize, oh my goodness, this person is in crisis. And I love the word you use. The person is in crisis. And mental health um, deterioration comes in different forms and, and it, the triggers are different. Um I would imagine some persons it's because of family issues and other persons is it's bills it's 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 a build up of being on the job maybe being picked on by a boss a colleague um not having a way to escape you know all these things contribute to mental illness you know persons recognizing that every time they try to talk to people or they pour their heart out they're not getting the help the person is not sim- they're sympathizing but they can't help them and you come to a place where you say what you know what I am causing this problem. I am a burden. Let me remove me from the equation and you go on. That's the truth, you know? It is. That is it. That math makes absolute sense when you're in that place. I am the burden. I am the problem. If I remove myself, everybody else's life is going to be better. And, uh, yeah. And... I could tell you from experience, boss, that's, uh, that's the math that you do. Uh, uh, my mom, as a child growing up, I was very, very afraid of the dentist. Mm. And, um, you know, didn't want to go to the dentist at all. And I remember having some toothache in my teenage years and couldn't sleep at night. And she took me to the dentist. But, you know, back in them days, it was the, the needle first. Mm-hmm. They seldom then used to give you any kind of gel nomination before. No, 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 it's needle. It's needle and that first needle, you're feeling that, that joke. Mm-hmm. By the time the second one, and by the third and the fourth, you mightn't get nothing. You mightn't feel nothing. But that first two, you're sure you're going to feel some pain. Mm-hmm. Now that they spray the gum, rub gel on it. It's very gentle. Gentle. That Back in them days when we grew up, partner, and my mother used to say, one pain and it's done. Mm. One pain. You're going to feel one pain and that will not hurt you again. Extract the tooth. Now we just try to save it by... Um, with the tooth, um, but well, with fillings and um, this this thing, what it is be doing, root canal, root canal, and all these things. But back then, you know, the obvious thing, extract the tooth, it it, it it it's it's decaying, but you just extract it. And in my moment, some years ago, in my moment of weakness, that was my rationale. Mm-hmm. One, done. Correct. Yeah, that's how it feels. That and people don't understand. People, people. I mean, we here to talk about it, and I want to encourage you to um, call me at six two seven three two two three and six two five two two five seven. Somebody says, "Good afternoon, Davy. You are so correct. Fitness is an important factor when you are up there in age. I'm in a in my mid sixties and walk five miles daily. I've been a diabetic for thirty five years plus. Also, sickness." is a mind thing if you worry about it when you become you will become more sick i don't worry about a damn thing and living a great life what are your recommendations yeah cheers to that they're for real she don't worry about nothing she's living a damn good life um or him i'm not sure who this person is but thank you very much text and of course you can whatsapp me at 306-1065 so let's back it up a bit um france and let's talk a little bit about 
how fitness and mental health go hand in hand? Well, I mean, the, the correlation between exercising and feeling good mentally is well established now. I mean, it's been decades of study. Mm-hmm. Feel good hormones, endorphins, mm-hmm. you know, it raises mm-hmm. testosterone, mm-hmm. serotonin levels. Mm-hmm. All the feel good things in your body are triggered by vigorous working out. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. But there, the, there's also the communal aspect. You go to a gym. There's a frenetic energy. Everybody's there to kind of do the same thing. You mm-hmm. feel a part of something. There's the ability to zone out, you know, whatever stresses are on your mind. Me personally, once I get into my first or second set of whatever I'm doing, I'm not focusing on that anymore. Okay. And then you go through the rest of your workout and you feel fine afterwards. What was bothering me again? I don't remember. Wow. And you're good. Running things where your mind can really just kind of zone out. Running, yoga, if you let your mind wander without dwelling on a problem, it tends to find its way to the solution. And running used to do that for me. I mm. would run five, ki- five kilometers, 10 kilometers, and just zone out because I don't have to pay attention to anything except the road in front of me. And my mind, whatever I was dwelling on, worrying at, at some point in the run, my mind will just kind of come across a solution because wow. I wasn't dwelling on it anymore. So there's different aspects to the way fitness can help mental wellness. Another one um, is constant progress. One of the, in my experience, one of the causes for downward spirals is inertia. You don't feel like you're doing anything Mm -hmm. in your life. You're stuck. I think you mentioned that just Mm -hmm. now. You're stuck at work or whatever. Fitness allows constant progress, whether it is you're trying to put on weight, you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to learn a new skill. And that progress in one aspect of your life helps you manage the other aspects of your life. That is so true. You know, now when it comes down to the whole thing, for me, I hate to be alone with my thoughts. Mm. I don't like to be alone with my thoughts. I am a person, uh, it's so much that I like to keep my, my mind trained or, f- or fixated on something um, that I have to do. So I would not go into a room and just lay there quietly by myself. Mm-hmm. I would go mad. Well, there's a skill to that as well, but I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, I I would definitely can make that. So for me, um, even if it is to to go to sleep, to go to bed, you know, I, I, I need a distraction. This what? is, yeah. It so would, what's your distraction to go to bed? Woody Woodpecker on the television. <laughs> um, or you the Big Bang TV, Theory. You could watch TV and fall asleep. Normal, normal. Oh, that no, will no, actually put that, me man. down. That will actually ah. put me down. Okay. Anything else will have me in a zone where I am, I am cognizant that I am not sleeping as yet. And I start thinking. And sometimes I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That will keep me awake even more. You know, right. I have to find that zone. And... With my, t- with my kids, uh, when they were younger, and I was coping with different challenges, um, I had to find something. And I remember this, you know, growing up as a child, I would watch this cartoon, this Woody Woodpecker cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I introduced it to them, and that would have been it. So even, even today, they're, they're grown kids now, you know, um, teenagers, whatever. I am still one. I would go home, and I would put the television on, quietly in my room or whatever, everybody's sleeping. I'm watching Woody Woodpecker. And, you, you know, hey, I remember. It works, yes. It works, it works. <laughs> I put on reruns of um, my favorite comedy, my favorite sitcom, which is um, 
uh, this thing with Raymond. Everybody loves Everybody Raymond. Loves Raymond. I yeah. could watch from season one to nine all over again. And it puts me in a calm mood. I, my mind is focusing on this. I am distracted. Mm-hmm. Me cannot. I do not like to be alone. My most creative juices flow when I'm watching something. So I'm right. literally watching the television or distracted as maybe doing a run, as you say. Mm-hmm. And that's where my juices will, will, will flow. Right, but, but make me sit down in a room quiet and say, Dave, you just sit down there and you're in France, just sit down and all this cool. Exactly. Go mad. So you, you see, you're not, so the, the TV for you is providing the same kind of, your brain is not working. It's switched off. It's distracted by something pleasant. And then it, it can run in the background and solve whatever problems it is you have going on. You said But it. if you sit and you focus on it, it shines a bit too bright of a light on it. Mm-hmm. And you get hyper-focused and then you start to, spiral out so i totally understand what you mean somebody says davy sex is the best sleeping exercise <laughs> <laughs> no doubt i ain't disputed that wrong it's, it's up there yeah, yeah it's, it's up there in the, in the top three it's up there in the top three in the top three i mean i work on radio and i don't even own a radio in my house uh-huh i've been doing radio since 2006 to now and i don't own a radio That's to be really interesting my grandfather mm. was a musician and he didn't own a radio either it, yeah, that's, that's really it's, interesting. I, I I will share this story with you, boy, on a personal level. I remember um, back in nineteen no two thousand and five somewhere thereabouts. Um, I, I was do, I was still doing uh, tertiary level education, and I was in I was into aviation and stuff, and I was now studying to become a pilot and whatever. And I was doing my studies, and I will never forget. I was going through something. I was going through something at that point in time. And I remember going to the airport. And when I reached in the airport in the back there, and I come and I go into the classroom and I file a flight plan and I sit down and I fly. I remember taking to the skies and always, it's like everything is always behind. Mm-hmm. That was it for me. That was my, every time I take, that was it. Even now, if I'm traveling, as I do very often with work and whatever, once I hit the skies, I am good. Mm-hmm. I am in a different zone. I, I, I am stressless. That's probably the only place I could be without a phone and don't worry. No, I, I'm uh, yeah. with you on the, on the flying part. I'm not a pilot, but I could imagine just leaving everything behind Just you. leaving it behind. But even commercially flying, I love to travel because it is the one, and it's for an interesting reason, I am not in control at all somebody else gets to worry about every single thing that's about to happen bro so as soon as i get pushed back into that seat i'm completely relaxed bro anything could happen when i came back to trinidad i think it was saturday morning very early then i had to leave was it saturday or sunday i had to leave for tobago and stuff like that and when i was heading back to Tobago, because i left i think friday came back in the sunday going to tobago uh, when i went there i had a driver and france I didn't have to drive. No, man, you just sit back I just rocked back. And I was taken here. I, I get up and I don't want to... Why are you eating? We need to love what, what's, what's going on for breakfast. What we doing? I don't want to worry, but I had to go and get... Uh, jump in the car, in the, in, the, in the driver's seat and go. I waited for you to bring breakfast. I breakfast is... You know, and in that space up until late Monday evening when I returned to Trinidad, I was good. Mm-hmm. So I was very touched when I read this this afternoon with you because I, I feel this peace. And the energy, listen, the three of us in this room here, I get what you're saying. Right. The 17 million people listening to us on radio right now, I, with a handful of those others out there, get what you're saying. So here's my question for you. How did this affect your family? Mm, that's a rough one. So 
after so i've had mental health issues for a very long time like i said mm -hmm. i was a very angry teenager mm -hmm. um dealt with depression in my teens suicidal ideation maybe last 20 some odd years but there's only been one serious attempt i understand now by then my son was already born he obviously didn't no know information no, no. as to what happened mm -hmm. but he saw that i was not well when i was brought back home and he i don't know who told him but somebody told him i wasn't well and he very sweetly walked up to me because he was about to go by my in-laws to spend the night. Mm -hmm. And he just patted me on my leg and he said, um, take your medicine, okay? Said, we want you to feel better. And it is one of the, it's just still one of the sweetest things that's ever happened to me. My wife, as I said, is very supportive, not judgmental, doesn't mm -hmm. bring things up like this. It's mm -hmm. not weakness. Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. always very proud of me when I do reach out for help, like I'll, I'll crash and I'll say something i need help i need to go back to therapy i need you know maybe it's time to th consider medication but it does put a lot of stress on her it will because i mean we had this conversation very recently my suicide attempt involved me leaving the house going for a drive mm -hmm. and not intending to come back mm -hmm. and so it was always mm -hmm. of me missing mm -hmm. so now what do you think happens to her whenever you leave? leave yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it put a lot Make of my pause raise, yeah. stress mm -hmm. and anxiety on her, and she's already a naturally anxious person. But we talk, we communicate. I think that's important. Talking is is not the is not the word. We communicate. Yeah. About just about everything now, and it is the the healthiest level of communication I've ever experienced in my wow. life wow i am i am i am impressed i'm impressed so here's my one of my final questions to you do you recognize the triggers and when you do what steps do you take to prevent it from coming on i do recognize the triggers the steps that i take vary and it depends on where i am in the spiral as to whether or not i'll actually take those steps okay you know what i mean because at some point you become a little nihilistic and like there's no point in in doing this anymore so very recently i late last year into early this year i was in a spiral and i didn't really recognize it until after juve and i love juve mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was on the street support of spain with a literal fake smile on my face because part of the, the costume was a mask with a joker smile on it mm -hmm. and i had a terrible time i almost had a meltdown and i went home nobody was home everybody was in tobago but i needed that quiet time because when i woke up and i had the time to think about the way i was feeling on juve my favorite few hours of the year mm -hmm. i said no nah, i need help like mm -hmm. i was I was hoping for something bad to happen to myself on, on the streets. And I realized didn't. that the next morning and I reached out to my therapist. So sometimes, again, I and all have to be slapped in the face with what the, the triggers are in order to reach something, reach out for help. Other times I, could, I can recognize that... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I can recognize that something coming up might trigger me so mm -hmm. my son also has a lot of anxiety let's say around school 
And so the first day of school, after how many months off, I knew was going to be a problem for him. And so it could be a problem for me mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I don't always deal with his anxiety well. And so I told myself in advance, tomorrow is going to be a scene. So prepare yourself. Yeah. Switch yourself on from mm-hmm. early. Yeah. Expect yeah. it. Deal with it. Yes. And we had a, a very successful first day. I had to lie down afterwards once <laughs> I dropped him off because it was exhausting. But it he got off fine. So when I can anticipate triggers, I do. And I put things in place to mitigate. Listen, a resounding round of applause because this is something that people don't do. Number one, acceptance is key. Mm-hmm. You have to accept that you are a person, are you an introvert? Um, you are a depressed person from time to time. You suffer with depression. And again, you know, Franz and I can tell you, persons in that, in that critical moment, they are not attention seekers. They are not attention seekers. They want help. They need help. They need help. They need the help. They talk to you. You know, for me, I don't take none of those things for joke. If somebody walks into a room and says, I don't know, I just feel like you're dead right now, I get very serious and I look at you. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm, I'm looking for the signs of, is this as that you had a bad day or this is something that has been brewing in your head? Mm-hmm. There's a, your facial expression, your body demeanor, it will tell. I don't take those things lightly no, or for you joke. Ca- you cannot. I don't. Because when I see you hanging on a tree, you oh, you frothing from the mouth. Pal, <laughs> we could talk, you know. Mm-hmm. We could talk. And there's fearing things that can cause a person to break down. You know, if there's any advice you would give to husbands, fathers, uh, men in general, in terms of uh, safeguarding their mental health, what would that be? Well, the first thing would be to, as you say, recognize it. But talk. Talk to somebody safe. It could be a wife, it could be a brethren, it could be a work colleague that you just have a good relationship with. Mm -hmm. You have to talk properly, express yourself properly. Don't just, don't speak in parables. parables. Mm -hmm. I was like, going to use exactly that word. Speak directly. I I need help. I'm struggling. That's a really hard thing to say, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially as a man. I'm struggling. I need help. I don't know what to do talk to somebody but another thing is accept the help when it's given when yeah. it's offered yes because a bad habit as we mentioned a couple times that we all have is refusing the help when it is offered because we don't want the attention you have to recognize the offer of help even a simple what's wrong are you okay is an offer of help if it's coming from a genuine place mm-hmm. you have to accept the offer and use that to help yourself out so stop getting in the ha- stop being in the habit of refusing help if you know you need help accept the help it is a gift so take it and what about uh what would you say to to, to women um and mothers parents who look at their children um as weak their boy children in, in, for example and their husbands the boyfriends what would you say to women um in situations like this when they are faced with a man that they love who's supposed to be the man crying breaking down mom you're a teenager now crying breaking down what would what would you say to those persons well get yourself out of that 
incredibly archaic mindset that men can't express themselves because crying is expression. Eh? Mm -hmm. Rage is an expression too, but mm -hmm. people are fine with that. A man should be, you know, hard and angry and but let him cry instead. And well, why are you doing that? So get yourself out of that mindset. The person is expressing themselves, your husband, your boyfriend, your son. Find out what's wrong. Ask a question. When my son acts out unexpectedly, first of all, I'm going to get vexed because as far as I can tell, there's nothing to act out on. And then I have to stop and tell myself, well, why don't you figure out what it is he's acting out for? And so you sit, once they calm down, you sit and you ask, what was that about? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Now, in my son's case, he's seven. I might have to prompt a little bit because he's not going to have the emotional intelligence to express himself. Mm -hmm. But even grown men do not have the emotional intelligence, intelligence to yeah. express themselves mm -hmm. because they've never been able to. So you might have to pry it out of them a little bit, but don't judge them for it and listen when they talk. Thank you so much. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.